in the few verses that we've read together, we read about a man that very little is known about him, Enoch. There are 85 words written about Enoch in Scripture. What we do know about him, he knew how to leave this scene of time. I know each and every one of us, one day we will leave this scene of time unless the Lord comes and takes us home. If we have to go into Mother Earth, go out into eternity, and you know, we choose where we spend eternity. If we have chosen Christ, we have chosen heaven. If we reject Christ, we have rejected heaven. But we just want to look at this man and we verses 21 and 22, we see that he left this world saved. He left this world saved. The Bible tells us very little about Enoch. But all that we do know about him was at the age of 65, he became a father of a child. And the child was called Methuselah. And it says that for 300 years after this child was born, Enoch walked with God. Now, what does that suggest to me? It suggests to me that for the first 65 years of his life, he did not walk with God. He did what was right in his own eyes, just like everyone else. But at the age of 65, he begins to walk with God. And the reason for that was the name of the child. The name of the child was Methuselah. As you know, today, names don't mean an awful lot. You know, I have a, a mums and tots, and some of the names of the children, I dedicated a little boy about three, four weeks ago, and his name was Arrow Wolf. He has cousins called Fox. He has cousins called um, uh, Abel Roy. Another one was called uh, Pilot Boy. So all of these names today, I don't know where they get them from. Some of them are nice, some of them are sort of questionable. But you know, in biblical times, names meant an awful lot. And Methuselah means when he dies, it will come. What are they talking about? When he dies, it will come. They were simply telling people that when Methuselah dies, the judgment of God will fall upon the world. And, of course, they were talking about the flood. When Methuselah died, the judgment of God would come. And can you imagine, Enoch, every time this, this child took sick, that he think that the judgment of God was coming. Every time the child maybe took chicken pox or, or maybe had some other cold, or, did he think that the judgment of God was going to come? But whatever it was, the name of this child caused Enoch to begin that walk with God. And you know, when we, when we think back, particularly those in the gathering this morning who are truly born again of the Spirit of God, those of us who are saved, can you think back to what God used for you to enter into his family? Telling our brother just in the back room before I came on the pulpit, that I grew up in a home where my parents were in prison, both my mum and dad were serving 10 months in Armagh jail and Crumman Road jail. 
I was brought up in a very violent home, a wicked home, a gambling house. And such was my hatred for Christianity. My mom became a Christian when I was 13, stopped me playing football, stopped me playing cards. And from the age of 13, I grew up hating my mother, detested her, detested Christianity, detested anything to do with church. And the night that I was converted, I drove from Belfast to Bangor to disrupt an open air meeting. And I did. But that night, Arthur Blessed, some may remember, American evangelist, came to Belfast carrying a wooden cross. But that night at Ward Park, at 10 past nine on a Sunday evening, he came out and he stood on a little platform and he simply said, if you were to die tonight, where would you be in eternity? And God's Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and I fell on my knees and I was brought to cry for no one. And yet the tears streamed down my cheeks where I surrendered my life to Christ. You see, Christ uses everything to draw people to himself. It was the name of this child, Methuselah, that caused Enoch to begin that walk with God. And God will use everything and anything to draw a man or a woman or a young person to himself. And you know, here was a man and he left the scene of time, but he was saved. I know, dear friend, we will all leave this scene of time. And we need to ask ourselves this morning, if the Lord was to call you from this scene of time today, would you leave this scene of time a child of God? Or would you be like many that I have met over the years, knocking on doors, walking the streets of Belfast? They say to me, you know, when I die, I'm simply going to throw myself at the feet of God. I'm going to cry for mercy. Listen to your friend, if you want mercy, if you want grace, if you want forgiveness, you find it here and now while you are still living. Because when a man or woman dies, the door of hope is shut forever. And here's this man, he left this scene of time, but he left this scene of time saved. And you know, people often say to me, what does it mean to be saved? To be saved means to rescue from harm and danger. You could be trapped in a burning building, no escape, but a fireman puts a letter up and he reaches you, he rescues you. You're in the ocean, you're having a swim, and all of a sudden maybe you take cramp and you're drowning. But the lifeguard swims out and he rescues you. You're saved from harm. But listen, Christ did far more than just rescue us from danger or harm. He has rescued us from an eternity in a Christless hell. And here is this man, Enoch. He left this scene of time but he left the scene of time saved. And you, dear friend, none of us knows when the day and hour that we are going to leave this scene of time. Just on Friday, a gentleman who is very, very well known in East Belfast was crossing the road, hit by a lorry, taken out into eternity. Terrible, terrible tragedy. 
taken from the scene of harm. And here's Enoch. Enoch began to walk with God. And he walked with God for 300 years. What a wonderful testimony. But not only did he leave this scene of time saved, in verses 23 and 24, he left the scene of time suddenly. It said that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Campbell Morgan, one of my favorite writers, puts it like this. One day Enoch was out with God, walking, talking, walking and talking, walking and talking. And God turned to Enoch and he said, Enoch, you're a long way from home. Why not just come and stay with me? What a wonderful translation for this man. There was nothing that he needed to put right in his life. He didn't have to go to anyone and say sorry. He didn't have to go and apologize. He walked with God. And to walk with God means to walk in step with God. It doesn't mean that we lag behind. It doesn't mean that we rush on ahead. We walk step by step with God. And you know, it says here about Enoch that before he was translated, in other words, before God took him to heaven, he had a testimony that pleased God. He had a testimony that pleased God. I know, dear friend, if you're in this gathering this morning and you're saved, your testimony is the most important thing that you have in this life. This world today no longer reads the Bible. This world no longer attends church. But if you're a, a believer, if you're a born-again believer, this world will read your life and they will read my life. And someone said we are writing a book a chapter each day by the words that we, by the things that we do, by the words that we say. And people will read it whether it's false or true. So what is the gospel according to you? You, dear friend, as you walk around Ohokal and wherever you live, as I walk the streets of East Belfast, what impression are we giving them of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you and I are the only Jesus they will ever see, what impression are we giving this world of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've often heard, you know, that person's a Christian, I'm as good as them. If that person's going to heaven, then I'm going to heaven. We have to have a testimony that pleases God. We have to have a testimony that challenges the world. And Enoch had this testimony. I know, dear friends, there are two, two ways in which we can leave this scene of time. We can leave this scene of time through the rapture. The Lord can come. And the Lord can come at any moment. And if he comes, it says it'll be like a twinkling of an eye. The rapture will be sudden. There will be no text message, no Instagram, although I don't use any of them things. But there will be no time to text a friend. It'll be sudden. And in that sudden moment, you will either be in heaven or in a crisis hell. If the rapture comes, it will be sudden. And it will be selective. 
Two will be working in a field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two will be lying in bed. One will be taken. One will be... You know, you could be sitting in this church this morning and your husband or your wife or your children could be saved and you're not saved. And when Christ comes, they will be taken and you will be left. People said to me once, you know, I thought we were all the children of God. I thought we were all going to heaven. They might all be the children of God that he has created us. But it's not true in a redemptive sense. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gives he the right to become a child of God. So the Lord could come at any moment, and it will be sudden, and it will be selective, also be sad because there could be people in this church this morning just as there are people sitting in our mission halls who think they're going to heaven when in reality they're not many many years ago walking the Shankill Road I was asked to visit a home and I went to this home and it was harvest time we took some uh, harvest produce and I went to this home and I said to the lady, you know, how long are you saved? She said, I'm not saved. I said, well, everyone in the mission hall thinks you're saved. And you know, she said, she says, I told them, I told them I was saved so they wouldn't badger me. So they wouldn't keep on about getting saved. I told them I was saved. You know, dear friend, when the Lord comes, all of those lies will count as nothing. Jesus says, I know my sheep and I call them by name. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, maybe you think you're going to heaven. In reality, you've never trusted Christ. There was never a day and hour that you surrendered your life to him. And we can leave this scene of time through the rapture. The Lord will come. But we can also leave this scene of time through death. And you know, when death comes, sometimes it comes without warning as well. I lost my own wife a number of years ago to cancer. And they give her three weeks, and she lasted three weeks. But I've been called to bedsides, and people have been given no time at all, and yet they've gone in a moment. See, death is no respecter of persons. Death comes to every, every door. And when death comes, we need to make sure that we are ready for it. If the Lord could come at any moment, Surely we need to be ready when he does come. Just like Enoch. Here was a man and he walked with God. And he left this scene of time and he left this scene of time saved. Because he was ready to go. He left this scene of time suddenly, but he was ready to go. But scripture also tells us here that he left this scene of time, verse 24, he was serving Twice we were told in this verse that Enoch walked with God. That's not Enoch's testimony of his life. It is simply God's testimony in Enoch's life. You see, Enoch lived a life that God saw and that God was pleased with. And of course, this word walk means to have fellowship. It means to be in obedience to Scripture says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? We cannot walk with the Savior 
and disagree with him. We cannot walk with the Savior and have different thoughts about him. We have to be agreed. And Enoch's name means dedicated. So here was a man who was dedicated to his walk with God. You know, the Bible tells us that the walk that you and I have in this scene of time will determine what path that we are choosing to walk. If we're walking with Christ, we're walking on the narrow road. A narrow road that has no room for any baggage. We cannot serve Christ and bring a lot of baggage along with us. There's only room for us alone on that narrow road. Of course, the broad road, there's room for everything. You can carry all the baggage that you want on that, on that uh, broad road. Of course, that broad road leads to destruction. But when we read about Enoch, we see that he had a visible walk with God. It would seem that Enoch lived a life that demonstrated his faith in God. Enoch didn't say one thing and do another thing. Enoch walked with God. And it says that he walked with God for over 300 years. You know, this is the kind of walk that believers need to walk today because we live in a wicked world. We live in a world today where Christianity is under the searchlight. Every believer is being watched. You know, you may wonder why you come out on a Sunday morning or maybe a midweek, you're going to a prayer meeting when the rain is falling heavily, when the snow is on the ground. You may be saying, is it worth it? Listen to your friend. You do not know of your neighbors sitting behind a curtain See, why do they go to that church? Look, it's bucketing outside. Snow and ice is on there. Why do they go out there? Listen to your friend. They watch you. And maybe as a Christian, we don't think anything of this, but people do watch us. They watch our walk. And he was this man, and he had that visible walk with God. Many years ago, when I joined the mission at first, I was put alongside another missionary, and he worked on the shankle. I was with him for about six weeks. And one day we were walking up the Shankle Road, and some of you may know Lloyd Watson. He's retired just about a year ago. And Lloyd said, you see that gentleman over there? He's an old soldier. I said, do you know him? He said, no. I said, does he go to the mission hall? He says, no. I said, how do you know he's an old soldier? And he simply just done that. He put his shoulders back, and he said, by the way that he walks, See, old soldiers, they're distinguished in their walk. They're recognizable by the discipline that they had in their lives. I know, dear friend, this world, as we've already said, no longer reads their Bible, no longer go to church, but they will watch how you and I walk. And I wonder, do the people of Ahuckle, the people of East Belfast, know us by the way that we walk? We may never get an opportunity to preach. We may never get an opportunity to put a, a gospel tract in their hand. But do they know that we belong to Christ by the way that we walk? Here's a man, he had a, a visible walk. But he also had a focal walk. You see, Enoch was a prophet. 
one of the world's first prophets. And this man had to preach a message that wasn't pleasant to hear. Because Enoch was preaching about a coming judgment. He said, listen, when my son Methuselah dies, the judgment of God is going to fall upon you. And unless you put your lives in God, you will perish. Now, it wasn't a pleasant message, but he delivered it. He was faithful. I know, dear friend, we need more faithful people in our pulpit day who will preach the coming judgment. Because God says that he's going to judge this world in righteousness by that man whom he has foreordained by raising him from the dead. This world again faces a judgment. We live in a wicked world. And one day this world is going to face the wrath of God. I know, dear friends, when we look at Scripture and we see the wrath of God poured out, we see the wrath of God poured out on the, the flood. We see the wrath of God poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah. Couldn't even find ten righteous people. We see the wrath of God poured out on his beloved son on Calvary's tree, who knew no sin, who did no sin, and in him is no sin, but he became sin. In other words, he bore your sin and my sin in his own body on that tree. And God poured out his wrath on his beloved son. And listen, dear friend, have you ever thought that if God poured out his wrath on his son, what must it be like for a man or woman to stand in front of God with all their sin intact, saying in their hearts, maybe with their lives, we didn't need Jesus to die for us. The wrath of God will be poured out upon that soul. And this is what's coming to this world. There's a judgment again coming to this world. And here's a man, Enoch, at the age of 65, because of the name of his son, he began to walk with God. And he had a testimony that pleased God. And he had a testimony so much that God simply said to him one day, Enoch, you've walked far enough. Come and live with me. I wonder, dear friend, if the Lord was to break into your life today and he said to you, I'm taking you from the scene of time. Would it to be with him for all eternity? Or would it be in a crisis, crisis hell? all eternity. If God's Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, you have to respond. You have to say, yes, my life is not what it ought to be. I don't know for sure if I'm going to heaven or not. I need to make sure. And here's a man that he walked with God and he left this world sealed. And he left this world suddenly. But he left this world serving and you, dear friend, maybe you're in this gallery this morning. Maybe you've got gifts. Maybe you've got abilities that you can use in this church. Can you join the choir? Can you play a musical instrument? Can you help out in the uniformed organizations? You can serve the Lord in whatever capacity that is. But if the Lord gives us gifts, he expects us to use those gifts. And here's this man, Enoch. He left this world serving. Serving to the best of his ability. You know, when we leave this scene of time, the Lord doesn't say to 
said to us, well done, thy good and fruitful servant. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. If we serve the Lord as faithful as we can, that's all that's required of us. But we need to make sure that we're saved. And if you know in this gathering this morning you're not yet saved, you need to be saved. And the Bible says now is the accepted time. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow is promised to no one. All that you have to be saved is now. Because now is the accepted time. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks for your word to each and every one of our hearts. And we trust, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit would indeed be at work, convicting and convincing. Father, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.